Welcome to episode 51 of the Williams Project podcast. On today's episode, the topic is going to be talking about why it is so important to pave your own way. You can't just steal someone else's business idea. You can't copy your friends. You can't copy your family. You can't just go on Facebook and go, oh, what's that person? And I'm going to do that too. So let's get into it. Right, we live in a society, guys, where let's be honest, every day your brain gets distracted. You go, shit, that looks like a good idea. Oh, that looks like a good idea. Oh, my friend's making lots of money being a car salesman. Maybe I should quit my job as an accountant and go sell cars. It's these constant distractions which makes you think that their situation or their business or their career is better than your own. And there's a few reasons why all of that is a lie. And I think the main thing is, one, the grass is greener where you water it, not on the other side. And two, it is that everyone only shows the highlight reel and it's very hard for people to portray the bad or the, the stuff that they don't actually know they know. Yeah, agreed. Like the, the post of you sulking in the shower is not a good Facebook post and if you put that on, you probably should It could shouldn't. be popular these days. Not like going against yeah, the norm. I, I don't quite s- want to see you slouched over in the shower naked crying. But Hey, mate, this is a fine if you specimen. Wore like, if you wore like a wetsuit and did it, could be, uh-huh. get a few likes. Right, so we're doing this podcast because there's been a couple of people that I'm not going to name pop up copying what Williams Corporation does to the point where when you put our renders side by side, they look like the same product. So the thing is, when someone copies you, you've got to take it as a compliment because they want to be you so bad, they've started to design their life around being you. But also, these businesses don't last, right? The way you achieve on a massive scale is when you see something you're passionate about, you see an amazing way to solve that problem, help those people do those things, and your heart and in your soul, you love doing that, and you accept 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that's what you're gonna be doing, and you're just going to absolutely nail it, that's when you win. What's the foundation? It's that whole thing of, there's so many years going to build in a foundation of a successful business that you can never, ever see from the outside. Yeah, and also our product at the moment, we've gone through hundreds of little steps to get to the product we're providing to the marketplace. And because we understand the entire process, there might be a wee change in market condition, and that means you need to go back 32 steps and change two things. And But we understand that process because we built it from the ground up. And we know we'll, we won't get caught out because we've done the work for, like this, I just looked when the first Williams Corporation company was incorporated. This We're going into our 10th year. This business is solid. We've got deep roots. We've got amazing houses we've built. We've got amazing customers. We've got a big database. We've got processes. We've got systems. We've got a foundation. And lots of that was built for free. We built that with our sweat equity, myself and Blair, late at night. And so the business has this depth and this structure. But we didn't do that to make money. We did it because... We love this business. It's well, like, like a child. we said in the last episode, our goal initially was just one house a week. Yeah. That's just, that was a big goal back then. That was back when we were in 12 homes a year thing where we were bloody tycoons. Going to be bigger tycoons to earn 50. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, I'm just trying to think about the best way to explain it, but 
what people don't understand is they can look at someone successful and go, I wish that was my life. And I bet you that person that you think you want to be or that business you think you want to have, they could write an entire handbook about every single step they take every single day and they could give it to you and they'd still beat you. Yeah. Hands down. Hands they'd down. They'd run circles around you. And like one reason, for example, development, the industry we're in, everything you see on the street getting built or just finished is probably a year behind what we're working on now. Because as you know, when we buy a site, it takes six months to consent to it, then six months to build it. So if you're copying what we've just finished, we're already one year ahead of you. Yeah, and also... And that's most businesses. Agreed. Some businesses, their lag time's even longer. It might be five years' worth of R&D. Pharmaceuticals go, might be a decade. Yeah, you slip into that kitchen company and go, oh, look at that lathe they're making and the mill they've got. Let's write down that model number. They might have had another one getting built for five years that replaces half the staff. Yep, completely agree. And look, with motivation, you should actually be motivated by the concept of looking after customers, fulfilling a need, doing something. Like, that's cool and that's a good motivation. But sometimes just beating people is the only one you've got on the day. Well, it's, it's the whole the negative motivation is quite a good... Quite hey, a few I have no, some days, all I've got is a bit of negative motivation. All I want to do today is make sure I beat XYZ building company. And that's some days, that's all I've got. Do you know what? That's okay. That's what I was going to say the other day, actually. There's a lot of... Every business has things that people don't see from the outside. Even our business, which I think is incredibly transparent. You go on our website, it's like, here's how we build a house. Here's where they are. Here's what they look like. Here's our plans. Off you go. Go go for going if you want to copy us. But I was showing a, um, a funder earlier this week in Auckland. He's like, how do you guys sell so many homes? I know you had really good sales during COVID. And I clicked through the CRM and I was like, well, this week alone, we've made 28,000 phone calls to customers. It's outrageous, eh? And then I was like... No, not week, month. 1,000 a day. Yeah, sorry, 28,000 yeah. for the month. And um, he's That's like... That's where we need to get to. And he's like, what's, the, he's like, what's, week? The, external, what's the external market do? I'm like, well, at the moment, we've got 45 homes under contract and one of them is from an external agency. And he's like, that's amazing. Most developers that we look at and fund, they pretty much do a plan, put a sign up on site, put it on TradeMe, give it to a few real estate companies... And then they blame the market for the fact they can't sell. Or they have one, two or three salespeople that all complain that the leads are shit and they can't get any traction. It's very, very hard to build an effective real estate sales team. It, yeah. it is, that is, in any business, sales should be probably 50% of your focus. Yeah. For me, it's probably 75% on a day-to-day basis. If we are selling product, everything else sorts itself out. But what it doesn't sort out is if you're selling products that you don't know, you haven't built before, you're not passionate about, when your product's not quite what the client thinks they were buying and you don't get the next round of buyers or the repeat clients or you get your confidence rocked, then the wheels start to fall off quite quickly. Yeah, I completely like agree. One of the best things that happened to us, even though it was shit at the time, was actually losing money because then it gets rid of the whole easy come, easy go. It's the whole people where you think they've got, what's that saying where everything they touch turns to gold? Yeah, yeah, golden touch. The risk with that is then they just assume that they're king dick business, even though we did for a long time as well, until we got the shit kicked out of us, is it's sometimes good to not have a win because it actually makes that foundation even stronger. If you just go from win to win to win to win, something like a COVID will completely flip your life upside down overnight. 
Yeah. Oh, mate, I, I'm there. The whole save the rainy day. Don't get me wrong. Before it happens to you, you can't be told. Matthew and I were told so many times, what if this happens? What if that happens? Save the rainy day. Have three months of overhead aside. Blah, 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 blah. But until that happened to us, which wasn't COVID, it was earlier in our career, you don't actually understand why these people are saying it. Yeah, and also, but also the reason we, we went through that and it didn't knock us over was because we love building houses. Yeah, true. I love it. Yeah. You know I mean? I love buying land. I love designing what we're going to build. I love showing it to the sales team. I love showing it to customers. I love the construction. I love the smell of a building site. I love the products we use. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, it is a magical thing. Well, there's no alternative. Yeah. There's not, there not, oh, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go to this. There was literally like no possible alternative in either of our brains so we just had to just keep going it's that simple and that's where most people they sort of work up the triangle of like level one's down the bottom there's lots of players in level one and it gets a little bit harder some people drop out and get to level two and as you work up the pyramid there's less and less players most people just drop out with the first few bits of uncertainty or problems or they get turned down for funding or whatever it may be and these great businesses are the ones that actually stick through, work through the pyramids, take the learnings with them. And if a level two or three thinks they can beat a level seven to ten, they're just going to get the shit kicked out of them. And also, I love the Henry Ford quote saying, "If if I gave the cust- if I asked the customer what they want, they wouldn't have asked for faster horses, yeah, not a car, a good one. right?" And in property especially, you say, what do you want to the customer? And the customer says, I want the biggest house at the lowest price, right? So they essentially want a big, cheap house. But that's what they say. It's not what they want. It's a big difference, right? And then when you present them a smaller house in a great location with an exceptional quality, they're like, oh my God, I want to live here. This is fantastic. But it's not what they say. And people get caught up in this trap where they think I'll ask my customers what they want they will tell me I will build it and they go broke yeah isn't that weird though isn't by it the way? so weird like hey before I'm it kind of contradicts our last episode of test your market but it's literally like hey I think that I said test the market with sales yes, with what right. they part with the market for. with what you think you want to build but isn't it weird you can actually go walk around the street like hey what house would you like to buy I'm a builder I want to build some houses they will all lie to your face. Well, they don't think, know they're lying. think they're telling the truth. You're going to go do exactly what they say, and they'll say, actually, I don't want to buy it. Yeah, and, and we see it all the time. I th- there's a, a famous story about Blockbuster, right? So before Netflix, there was an intermediary Netflix, which was essentially mailing DVDs. I actually think Is that's that how... Fatso? That Fatso? Yeah, but I actually, think, well. I actually think that um, Netflix started as a mail-out DVD company. And what they so Blockbuster had that idea first of mailing out DVDs, mailing out videos, and they went to their customers and they said, Do you want a mailing option? And the majority of customers said, No, we like going to Blockbuster, we bump into our neighbors, we buy popcorn, we choose a movie, and it is a pleasurable experience and it's part of watching a movie, right? You now look at that comment 10 years on and you imagine saying to someone that you've just got this chick over you want to woo and you have to go down to the movie store instead of just putting on like, I don't know, Game of Thrones or whatever people watch. Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) (laughs) But my point being is what people say and what they want is completely different. Yeah, and that's where I think it comes back to that starting point of you have to be doing things 
for the right reasons and that's because you like it it fulfills you you see a bigger purpose you see a long-term hundred year plan with what you're doing which gives you the confidence to go against exactly what the customers are telling you they want if you're doing it because you think i want to own a sporting goods store i have no knowledge about sporting goods i've never done it before but all I'll do is I'll talk to my clients, I'll look at my competition, and I'll make the new Rebel Sport. It because there's work. so many inner workings that you don't see of these moving and shaking companies doing the exact opposite to what all these reports say they should do, but by the time you've seen it, it's too late. They've got that win, they've got that advantage of you. I think, I, and, and another thing is, you have to truly believe that the business is its own entity and it's not yours. Well, this is my opinion. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's separate. It's completely separate. separate. Because I, I noticed a another um, person in the property industry and he was talking and he was like, my sales team and my business and my, my, my. And I remember thinking, it doesn't sound attractive. And I always make a real point when the sales team or anyone says, I, I address them as the company sales team or I address people say your business is and I say our business is because we are all paid by the business to give the business the best possible result. The ownership actually doesn't matter. Yeah, like I hope I don't get fired anytime soon from my own company like Steve Jobs did. But I think Catherine, Catherine would fire us if we went against the grain and did something responsible, we would be fired. We, we, <laughs> would, we would be fired. This is our general manager slash my mother. She would fire us. But it is important to think of your business as a completely separate entity where what it, it helps build that winning team where the staff get that feeling that you rely on the business just as much as they do because they don't realise that business owners go home and go, I need the business so much more than they do for my mental sanity, my income, etc. So it's all about how you portray it. It's the company. I think sports teams are a really good analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're as strong as the weakest person yeah, on it. Yeah. And everyone owns the sports team in a yeah, way. No, you're you right. know what I mean? If a basketball team goes out on that court, they're all representing that that um, team. They're representing that brand. They're representing that entity. And they feel a real sense of ownership, especially in America. American sports are amazing. The ownership and the depth and the love they have for their brand. It's yeah. fantastic. And the, yeah. and, and the fans as well. The, the, the and it flows through in. the whole turn. It's like the All Blacks. It's like Dan Carter doesn't go, I am the All Blacks. And if I don't kick the goals, we will lose. So you guys will have to bow down to me. Because how repulsive, and we're not picking on Dan because Dan's a great bloke, but how repulsive is that statement? You know no, what I mean? I, I just yeah. cringed. Yeah. I was really cringing while you were saying that. Yeah, and there will be some business owners out there that do have, and it's kind of natural. Like when you start off in business, you think there's this hierarchy and you think that you're above your staff and the staff think they're above the people they manage and their apprentice isn't as good as the foreman, et cetera, et cetera. Once you just strip all that bullshit out and that notion out and just go, we actually just rely on everyone more or less equally. Like, don't get me wrong, there are some people that are slightly more important than others, but it is everyone's involvement. And so on that's letting the team down, it's like a rust in a cog, and it stops all the other cogs turning, no matter how big they are. If someone sees someone not performing, there's always going to be a part of them that goes, well, why should I perform? Yeah. And, but when someone sees someone busting their balls to make the business better, that a person feels the same amount of passion in the other one. Yeah, or they get that uncomfortableness of, oh, God, I haven't quite been doing that much work. I should probably step my game up a bit. 
Yeah. And, and look, there is realities that life isn't that binary. If you are employing a, a mother um, who has two young kids, the hours that you'll get from her are going to be different from a single 26-year-old guy that's trying to cut his teeth in the world and earn money so um, he can get the chick that he wants. Like there's, there's people in different chapters of their life that can commit in different ways. Yeah, but yeah. I suppose a functioning mature person sees that in the team that they're in. Agreed, yeah. Like going back to sports, they know I'd be a horrible Ford because I'm small and scrawny, but I can run real fast on the wing. And he's good at that and I'm good at this. Yeah. And there's also some companies where there's going to be people that are underperforming and don't belong. And there's that reality that people do have to come and go in businesses. But there's also the reality that that person that's not performing in your business or in your team could be exceptional in somebody else's business and somebody else's team. And you're letting them down by not getting rid of them. Correct. Because they could find their passion and something that truly fulfills them and you're hurting them by not giving them that yeah. freedom. So there is that fine line. It's not like you can just employ everyone and have this great team and they're real good at business. And you and don't stuff. own people. If you have an employee and you make them into a badass person and then they go they out and start their time. own business, yeah. yeah, let all credit to them. And it's not that you should encourage that, but it's just a reality of life. If that person's that good and they go out on their own and go, hey, look, I want to start contracting back to you because I'm doing my own thing. Like, that's a good reflection on you being a really good business owner and improving the people around you. And a good leader. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, that, you, that should actually be the measure of your success. Yeah. How many people you take to that next level. Well, how many people you get from X, take them to Y, they now own a home, they now have investment properties, they now have a better marriage, they awesome. now have their own staff because they've gone and done this, they've got PAs they employ. Like that is a measure of a successful business and a successful leader. Yeah, agreed. Taking someone from where they are to a 10 times level from when they first stepped into that business. And it's not all monetary. Money helps, but there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. look, honest, it could be taking someone that was overweight or unhealthy and then three years later they're in great shape because you get pressure on them to look after their body. That's good leadership. Like I said to one of our top performers the other day, I'm like, why are you making all this money to die early? I'm like, I want you to treat your body with more respect. I'm like, it's not right what you're doing to yourself. You need to treat your body with respect so you live a long and happy life. Fucking simple. Do you want to go to the gym later, Matt? Shh. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty... I'm, yeah, I, I, no, I, I'm I, just I need to get shot. more cut. All right, anyway, um, don't worry about competition. Live your own life. Do your own thing. Be happy. Be great. See you later. And share this podcast with one friend.